listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. So glad you could join us. You know, I got to tell you, this was, I was just talking uh, to Nikki about it. This was a really weird week end, and I think it was even weirder than the previous weekends we've had with no sports and no news and stuff. And the fact that it was raining didn't help. Uh, so it kind of got you in a really down mood, uh, even more so than normal. But I have a question for you at 1-800-919-3776. And, and this is a positive thing. I want to get your spin on it. Stefan Marbury, and this came out a couple of days ago, but Stefan Marbury is doing all he can to try to help the frontline folks get masks and PPEs. And it brought us to mind as we were chatting today in our pregame huddle about how so many sports and athletes, some star athletes, some normal athletes have stepped up. And what they've tried to do is to do some things to help, help the people that are struggling in the front line to help, you know, the, the folks who need more things. And what's fascinating about that for me is how so many people talk about athletes today. And we've shared the conversation with you and you've been part of that conversation. And I was just curious for the, the Stefan Marbury's and the Kyrie Irving's and the, the Zion's and, and, and Julius Randall and Bobby Portis of the Knicks to see them do this in this time, how does that make you feel? And to further, and I mentioned Stefan Marbury for a reason, because there were so many people who loved Stefan Marbury. Listen, when Steph was ready to come to the Knicks, I remember being at the Garden, talking about this was the best point guard the Knicks have had since Mark Jackson, and we were just going on and on when he came. And similar to Carmelo Anthony, the results weren't what we thought they were going to be. And so Steph left in kind of a situation where people were kind of down on him, were disappointed, were angry, didn't like him as much as when they were expecting him to come here and what he was going to be like and what he was going to be able to do. So I'm very curious is not only what you think about athletes pitching in in times like this and donating, putting their money to donate certain things and trying to you know, unify groups to help put uh, much needed equipment, much needed money, whether it's uh, equipment on the front line, as I mentioned, to help uh, doctors and nurses and first responders, whether it's money to help the concessionaires at various teams and ballparks around this country who need the money to now sustain themselves and have and, and be able to pay their bills. How does that make you feel, A, and B, if it comes from a player whom you didn't like, does that kind of turn your feelings around towards that player? Does it make you look at that player differently? Does it does it change your view of what this player is about because of the fact that you're saying, hey, you know what? I didn't like them. They didn't help my team. But you know what? Let me give them credit for what they're doing now because – it's a strange situation when everything is going great. Everybody can do whatever they want. And athletes donate athletes have foundations. Athletes do a number of things all the time. Sometimes they don't even want you to know about it, but they do a lot of stuff. They do a tremendous amount of work sometimes in their communities, sometimes in different areas. But now in this situation where you're looking at, I mean, the conversations, the interviews are just they they make they make your mouth drop open, your chin hits the floor when you listen to doctors who and nurses who are working twelve, thirteen, fourteen hour shifts and want to come home and and want to come home and hug their kids and know they can't because they're afraid they might transmit the virus. And just all the stuff, all the incidents, all the stories that you're hearing about all the first responders, all the doctors and nurses, all the people on the front line, 
all, all the police and fire, all the transit people. I mean, I'm looking at video of crowded trains like it's like nothing's going on. And, and people are in the, in cars just like, like it's rush hour on, on, you know, on, on a Monday. And so despite the urgings of the president and the vice president and the governor and the mayor from city to city to city to city, every type of doctor you can imagine in whatever field of their specialty is, keep reminding people, no, you got to stay home. You got to distance yourself to the point now that I just saw a, a, a great special that was on ABC and you're looking at now the amount and the, the amount of the COVID-19 virus rising among young people who originally we thought weren't, were going to be, were practically immune. Okay. And what we're learning about this virus is that it continues to change and there's more things that you don't know and things have changed. So before it was, well, you don't really need to, a mask is optional. Now it's like, you need to wear a mask. Okay. You need to have gloves. You need to make sure that whatever is in you stays in you don't. And, and the thought process is, okay, you got to think like you have it. So it changes from day to day as the more seriousness and the more fatalities and the more people are tested and the more people that we find have the virus, there's going to be, there's, you're going to need more and more help. And so to have athletes, to have some star athletes, to have these athletes make that move and do what they need to do to try to help, it, it, it's it got to change how you look at some athletes, doesn't it? 1-800-919-3776. Let's hear from Stefan Marbury. His job right now, he's trying and working hard to acquire millions of masks for New York City. Brooklyn is my home. Coney Island is my foundation. And who I am today. I'm helping source masks for our borough president for all to have. I'm in China right now, so that's the least I can do. I've lost loved ones to this invisible monster. I have a cousin who died yesterday due to the coronavirus. My family is dealing with a very difficult time. So I'm here to do all of what I can do to help. I'm worried about New York. I'm deeply concerned. So I'm here to do all of what I can do to help to stop the spread of this virus. And that's, that's great. And like I said, there's more and more athletes who are doing that. Some have, some fortunately have not had a death in their family like Steph. Some are, have jumped out early and wanted to start the ball rolling. Some understand what their role is. Some, some just appreciate and step up to the table knowing that they're desperately needed to do something like this. And so for me, it, it is just fascinating to watch them, to sit back and watch them. Some, maybe maybe you might expect are doing something. Some maybe you might not have expected would do something. But it's been, it's been interesting and fascinating for me to watch and still, you know, watch and listen to see who else is going to step up? You know, Kevin Love was early on involved in this as far as matching, you know, giving money for uh, the, the concessionaires that work um, for the, for the Cavs. And, you know, uh, uh, Roger Federer has done some things. So that's what you like. That's what you, that's what Rudy Gobert, who really kind of put this, a face on this for professional athletes, right? Because when he got tested and was tested positive, that shut down the NBA days after. Like a day or two after, there's once the NBA shut down and then you started to see it like dominoes fall to the other leagues. NHL, a couple of days later, say, you know what? We're shutting down. And then, you know, baseball moves their uh, season back and ends up canceling spring training. How do the actions of these athletes during the COVID-19 pandemic. How has that, how do you feel about it? And how has that possibly changed your image of them? You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Lending their name, donating money, doing things right now 
to help further what's needed to, to fill in the holes, to supplement, be it masks that Stefan Marbury is working on, be it PPEs, be it money for uh, workers who are involved in concessions at various sporting stadiums because the, the seasons have been postponed or put on hold. How do you feel about that? 1-800-919-3776. And also, has it changed how you felt about an athlete because this is what they've done? Spike's in Jersey. He's batting leadoff on 9870 ESPN. Hey, Spike. Hey, my friend Larry. I waited up to talk to you because I don't get much of a chance anymore. How are you feeling? How's everything doing, going for you? We're doing great, Spike. How are you and yours? I'm doing I'm doing good. Under, under everything I got going on, I'm doing great. I'm talking to you. I make sure I check in with as many of the guys and people I can, make sure everybody's healthy. I'm obeying. I'm getting my exercise, walking around my backyard. And, you know, it's it's going to pass. It's going to pass. Now, to the task at hand, told to, to young Kyrie, who's about 34, 35, right? Marbury's an interesting case because I was telling Kyrie that the two guys in all the basketball I've watched and you've watched, and I once told this to a couple of mutual friends of ours, I said, when I saw Marbury play at Lincoln, man, he's got a fast first step. Whoa! I mean, that was a quick first step. You agree? Yes, it was. And I loved how he protected the ball like a running back. Oh, oh, oh. I was t- to Alan today, I talked to him after the show. So basically just saying to him about after that Denver game, made the lap and ran through the tunnel. You remember that one? Yeah, I sure do. Yeah, Definitely. I think you were there. And, yep. and, and I told uh, someone about my age, I said, the only one I ever saw, and I'm going way, way back, I don't think you saw him play with the fastest first step like that was Lenny Wilkins. And Lenny Wilkins was left-handed, went to Boys High, and he mm-hmm. played with Huey Evans, the official. You remember him? Oh, yeah. And he played on that same team with Tommy Davis, the mm-hmm. baseball player. Mm-hmm. And Tommy, uh, but Lenny only played a half a year. Corey Hall of Fame coach player. But Lenny was left-handed, and he could only go left, and you couldn't stop him. That's how fast he was with the first step. But Marbury had all the requisite skills. And again, I told Kyrie, I thought... I guess it was after the Nets. I thought he was going to be the greatest point guard ever. He had the body, the quickness. He played defense. He could shoot. But at that time, my expression, I mean, no disparaging remarks. I said he got rice pudding between his head sometimes on his decisions. He just didn't have the, the, the Jason Kidd head. You know, um, or, or the Mark Jackson head to get back to that argument. But I'm happy what he did. The Stephen Barry thing was good. Uh, he found his niche. You know, he had some down times and up times. But I'm glad what these, these kids, they're still all kids to me, are doing. Uh, it's honorable. It's helpful. And everybody that's pitching in. Look, this thing's going to pass. But it'll pass quicker if everybody complies. Yep. I'm trying my best. Uh, you know, I'm not a get-off-my-long guy. I know you are, knowing you. I know you are. It irks me when I see some of the stupidity. Um, and, and I'm just doing what I can do. So I wanted to just check in and and, uh, and just to say hello to my friend. I'll listen to the program. Uh, and I'll catch up. Because what do you think? I want to hear it because I missed the first, uh, the opening, uh, Mr. Monologue. I'll catch up with it tomorrow, I guess. I'm sure you're glad these athletes are participating oh, and helping. But what absolutely. did you think of Marbury? And I'll uh, talk to you when I can again. All right, Spike, take care. Thanks for checking in. I, as I'm, I'll say it again, I thought he was going to, when he came, I thought he was going to be the best point guard the Knicks have had since Mark Jackson, which would have been, so he was going to be right up there with probably one of the best point guards the Knicks have ever had. Okay. Walt Clyde Frazier, Earl the Monroe, they weren't really point guards. They were guards who could do everything. They came up in an era where if you couldn't dribble, you couldn't play guard. <laughs> okay, so they were they could shoot it, they could handle, they could create, they could do other things. One was a little better defensively than the other one. Uh Frazier give him the nod defensively over Earl. But, you know, they were great guards. But when you just talk about pure point guard play, at that time, Stephon Marbury would have been the best point guard the Knicks have had. Would have been, with all due respect to Mark Jackson, better offensively, more diverse offensively. Uh, as I mentioned, great handle, strong going to the basket. 
there was he was going to be the guy that would have really just taken this team to the next level. He should have been. But once again, and not sidetracking this with getting into Nick's story, but once again, when you look at these Nick teams, and, and this has been the problem with them, when you look at these Nick teams, it's usually a star by himself. It's never where you build around them. Okay, it's never where you where you where, where you have to where you say, okay, we got one guy, two guys, three guys to build around who complement each other. It was okay, we had Ewing, we had Bernard King, and we had other guys around Bernard. You had Patrick Ewing and you had guys around Patrick. You had Stephon Marbury, you had guys around Marbury. But you didn't have two or three guys in their prime at the same time. The closest thing you had was when you had um Carmelo and Stottlemyre and Chauncey Billups. Okay, that was the closest, but you had a Stottlemyre that was compromised. All right, so, you know, it wasn't that. So that's been the challenge for this Nick team. To build championships, they, they always seem to be in spots, never a complete unit. And that's been that's been the issue. That's why they can't be better and have more sustainable success because they don't have the depth of talent at one time. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to uh, Henry in Orange. Hey, Henry, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, how you doing, man? What an idiot that just called the last call, right? Yeah, well, um, you know. Yeah, man. Like, um, let me say this, man. For any athlete that's donating money out of their pocket or donating their part in this situation, man, they they – to me, I mean, how much a greater career or whatever they had, or they had a bad career. It's to me, it all sums up to their MVP in my book. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because even with seven from Mar from Marbury, I mean, I'm not a big fan of him as a basketball, but what he's doing for New York and them 10, 10 million masks and everything that is beautiful, man. I, and I, I salute him, man. Like, I like I, you got to appreciate you got. to he appreciate life, and this, that's somebody that you got to root for. You know what I mean? And it just, you know what I mean? I wish, I wish if, if we get all the athletes to get involved like how he's doing, man, it definitely would make the world a better, uh, a, a better shot of, of fighting the situation. But I salute him and everything, and um, God bless him and his family. So, Henry, has it has it changed how you look at him? Yes, it definitely changed how I look at him. Well, how did you look at him before? I'm curious. How did you look at him before, and how you look at him? I look him at I, I, look, I looked at him as a guy that he um I don't know. I just said he, I thought he's like a selfish basketball player. Mm. Um, I always believe that he always. I, 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 I definitely looked. I know he's talented, but it was like selfish. He like he's just like a person that's out for himself. Like I don't know. But this shows me right here. It just I got the complete opposite of him, man. Like. And I went like I, I apologize for looking at him like that, and mm-hmm. even like now, man. Like I said, this 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 this, this is a big. I got this. I got a big heart for him now, man. Because yeah. I don't I don't know how many I don't know how many athletes. I mean, even though that will go out their way like he's doing that ten million masks. That's, that's a whole. That's a lot, man. You know, hospitals. A lot of hospitals and stuff need that right now, man. Like. And I, especially like I got a, like me, I live in Jersey. I have a, um, my, I have a grandfather that's 79 years old. Yeah, he just had heart surgery, man. And, I, and I'm fearing for him to even come outside. Yeah. So, and I mean, I salute him, man. I, I swear, man. I, I wish one day I could see him and I could just shake this man's hand and say, yo, thank you for, thank you for what you just, just for effort, man. And that's, and that's what we need right now, just effort. Absolutely. All right, my friend. Thanks for checking in. 1-800-919-3776. I mean, think about this. We know how bad it is in the tri-state area here. We know what's going on here in New York. We know what's happening over in Jersey and in Connecticut. But then you look and you, you hear, looking at the stats, the numbers of confirmed coronavirus cases in Florida is doubling every three days. Okay, and and they they still haven't issued the statewide order to keep the residents at home, and that will change clearly. But just think about the amount of masks that will be needed there. Okay, we know how many are needed here. And when Governor Cuomo talks about, hey, everybody in the rest of the country, you look at at us, 
this is what your future looks like, could look like. Hopefully not, but it could look this way. And you see how we are constantly struggling, trying to ask for, you know, more more ventilators and more masks and more gowns and more gloves and more everything to put the folks on the front line to give them, you know, their protection as they try to help us. So you got an athlete like Stephon Marbury trying to get millions of masks. You got other athletes doing what they can, trying to fill in the blanks along with other companies that, that have been, you know, well chronicled in the various press conferences that you see daily who are stepping up and trying to help those who are helping us. This is great. But from, from an athlete standpoint, I'm very curious. How has this changed perhaps an athlete that you didn't like and you see now they're doing something positive? How's that changed your view? You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Now here is the top news stories of the day with Larry Hardesty. Well, you know, the Florida governor announced today that he would begin signing an executive order urging those in Miami-Dade, Broward, Palm Beach, and Monroe counties, the spring training homes of four major league teams, to stay home through mid-May to stem the spread of the coronavirus. That could yet again push back the start of the Major League Baseball season by affecting when teams could reassemble their players in an attempt at an abbreviated spring training. Now, we know MLB has officially pushed back the start of the regular season for at least eight weeks on several sources that have indicated that they hope to have games back up and running by June 1. Well, with these safer-at-home orders in place, however, teams would not be able to hold workouts with more than 10 players or restart spring training without an exemption from the state before mid-May. But our Buster Olney, who was on Spain and Company, says players will be happy whenever they start. I think this is such an unusual situation that if they play 100 games, I think they'll be fine with that. If they have time to play 140, great. If they have time to play 60, they would do that. If the entire baseball calendar is reduced to an NCAA-like tournament in October, November, maybe dripping into December, I think they'd be thrilled with that, too. I know the fans would. (laughs) I know the fans would love to get some baseball back. In whatever shape. But if they do the short season, I'm still a little, little curious, guys, how the postseason is going to look. Moving to the NFL, stadium construction continues as workers get COVID-19. The Rams, Chargers, and Raiders are plowing ahead with building their stadiums after construction workers on those projects tested positive for the coronavirus. The construction companies building the Raiders Stadium in Las Vegas announced last week that one of their workers tested positive and that construction would continue. Dan Olofsky was on Golik and Wingo, and he says, you know what? These NFL GMs about, I don't want to travel. I can't do all this stuff. I'm trying to get ready for the draft. They need to stop being babies. General managers, stop being babies and making excuses. Do your job. Thank you. Like if Thank you, you. If you don't know if a guy can play by now, you think you're going to find something out over the next month? Like, come on. And, and I understand the character questions. Here's the thing. If you got character questions, don't draft them. It's that easy. Don't If you don't want to draft them because you have character questions, don't draft them. Maybe look at their social media. Make some phone calls. Do things a little bit differently. Maybe have to do things a little bit more uh, more difficult than you've been accustomed to in the past. But adapt and adjust because those same general managers are going to sit there and cut players because they hey, you just didn't adapt the way we wanted you to. Or you, you weren't able to adjust the way we – how about you guys do it for a change? Hmm. Strong words from Dan Olofsky on Golik and Wingo this morning, huh? Well, we talked to you a couple of days ago about Kirk Herbstreit, who said he would be surprised if we had NFL football in 2020 and college football this season as well. So let's hear on both sides of it. Let's start with Dr. Tom Mayer. He was on the Schefter podcast, and he was asked, are we going to have the NFL in 2020? The answer is that what we do now will determine whether or not there's a season in terms of, of, you know, two fundamental things. One is the players themselves, uh, club employees, coaches, and everybody else, but also the, the cities in which they, they play, in which they reside, in which they, uh, play their games. 
Um, and, and those two things are going to have to be looked at very carefully. So we've encouraged the league to start to put into place uh, a guideline, a roadmap, for lack of a better term, to say, you know, at what point could the club facilities safely open? Because my job is to protect the health and safety of our NFL players and, and their uh, and their families. No question about it. All right, let's see what's going on with the NCAA. Dan Woken says, well, we'll do whatever we have to do to make sure there's football. I am of the opinion that they will do whatever they need to do to make sure that football is played, even if that includes pushing the season to January, February, March, whatever they have to do to get that revenue. Uh, now, there's obviously complications with all those scenarios. No one's saying this is going to be easy. Uh, but they can't lose that revenue. In other words, as soon as we can conceivably say it's okay, we're trying to go back to work. <laughs> That's what they're saying. So here's the bottom line, though. At least everything, this virus has put everything on hold. You can't do anything. The virus is running things right now. How the virus reacts, how we're able to try to stem the tide and slow things down, that's what's going to help get the games back. But right now, we're not close. In the NBA, Celtics guard Marcus Smart is cleared after testing positive for COVID-19. He was the latest player to be cleared of the coronavirus. He announced on March 19th that he had tested positive. He tweeted Sunday night that he is now cleared by the Massachusetts Department of Health. And we know that, unfortunately, James Dolan, owner of the Knicks, Madison Square Garden, had tested positive for COVID-19, but he is feeling better from what we understand. Well, he and Charles Oakley will no longer be required to appear for phone mediation talks slated for tomorrow morning, according to an appellate court order from Monday. You remember the 56-year-old former star sued MSG and Dolan for defamation, assault, and false imprisonment over a February 2017 scuffle Oakley had with security guards, which resulted in his arrest and removal from the facility. Speaking of the NBA, Wodes was on SportsCenter to find out what's the biggest issue for teams as they prepare, at least put a game plan together to start up again. The inability to, you know, likely have a draft combine to be able to bring in players to, to fly them in for individual workouts. Some of the similar things you're hearing with NFL teams right now. And, and then when is the draft going to be? It's scheduled for June 25th now. And, and it's hard to separate the draft and free agency. They come right back to back. Those were a couple of things that happened today and over the weekend. Here's a reminder for you. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Here they are. You've heard them before. Hopefully you're following along, like washing your hands, avoiding close contact with people who are sick, avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Please stay home, especially when you're sick. Stay home anyway, but especially when you're sick. Cover your cough or sneeze, clean and disinfect frequently touched objects. For more information, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. This message is brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and 98.7 ESPN New York. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Your thoughts. What are you seeing from athletes today who are stepping up in big moments? And if it's an athlete who you really wasn't a fan of, how do you feel that they're making that change? Plus, I want to hear from some of the folks on the front line, what they're going through. Some of the doctors and nurses and, you know, first responders, some of the experiences that you have and some of the, some of the fears that you're going through how you're able to put that beside beside you and just go in and do what you're trying to do. 1-800-919-3776. Tom's in West Babylon. Hey, Tom, you're next on 98.7. Hey, buddy, Larry, how we doing? We're brothers and sisters. We need prayers. Larry is a healthcare worker. I'm seeing a co-worker right now in the respiratory. Oh, it's tough. But there's other things we got to do. Is I want to thank everybody. I mean, there's just too many people to thank to just go through the list that, are battling. But there's another battle. is the mortgages. I know a lot of people can't pay their mortgage. Maybe you can get it out there. Hopefully someone's hearing. I did my homework. And you call them up and they're saying, yeah, you don't have to pay your mortgage for three months. But when the three months are over, we want it in full. I mean, Larry, have a heart. 
I mean, there's things we can divert, maybe a credit card payment, a car payment, a mortgage payment. Everybody's putting their life on the line. We want to thank you. We want to thank everybody. I mean, we could go down the list. I could be here for a half hour. I want to thank you. I'm in it. We're all in it. We're all brothers and sisters, so we all got to help each other. But there's people hurting also because we're talking about the health care workers, doctors, nurses, cops. We go on the list. But there's people home that are not working. They can't make that payment. It's killing me. It is, Tom. Thanks for the phone call. You're absolutely right. And we echo your sentiments about thanks for all. There are too many people to thank. But, yeah, it's true. It's it's a scenario where uh, folks are at home. And the bills, you're right. You know, when they say you, you can't be put out for not paying your mortgage and not paying your rent, but doesn't mean you don't have to pay it. It means that it does have to be paid eventually. So are you going to be ready? That's going to be that. That's the tough part of it. That's the other side of it, right? Bruce is in Flushing. Hey, Bruce, you're next on 9870 ESPN. Larry, I am mad. I am very mad, and I'll tell you why. This is the United States of America, and the, the journalists who are questioning our political leaders are not holding their feet to the fire. And let me explain. I watch Governor Cuomo's news conference every day, except on, on Drew Sabbath. And he said, and he's been doing a great job. He's been doing a hell of a job. But he said several times this past week, we have enough protection for our nurses and doctors and our health staff. But when you go to the front lines of the hospital, that's not true. People are wearing garbage bags. People are reusing the, the mask and the protective clothing for the whole day. I mean, when I was in the hospital, they would change gloves every two seconds just because that's a normal thing. So I, I, wanted, I want somebody to explain to me how Governor Cuomo says that there's enough protection for the health workers when there isn't. That's number one. Number two, you have the president who thinks somebody's stealing the medical supplies and using this black market. Um, I would love for, for the reporters to, to go to ask the doctors uh, and say, listen, if you explain to the president that this is a virus where you have to replace protective gear like every two minutes, and, and I know they, have, they came up with something now where you can wear something and desanitize it for 25 times and then, and then or do a new one. But you are killing. First of all, patients are dying, and healthcare workers are getting sick for lack of preparation. And it has to stop. The, 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 the American press, the, the, the congressional leaders, the leaders of our country have to say, this is, this is crazy. And again, I want somebody to explain to me from Governor Cuomo, when he says there's enough protection, when there isn't. You know, it kind of reminds me, I'm a student of history, it reminds me of the Korean War when you had the Pusan perimeter, where people were running out of gloves, um, supplies. They, they, they would ship out bazookas with no ammo because it was on such haphazard. I mean, like I said, this is a war, and, and we're half supplied. And either it has to stop, or a lot of people are going to die. You're right, Bruce. Thanks for the phone call. Thanks for checking in. You're right. And... You know, it, it just made sense to me that with the amount of numbers, the numbers are going up from one day to the other, substantially, substantial numbers. And so as more people get tested and you find that more people may have the virus, that means that there's more gowns that are going to go. There's more masks that have to be replaced. Now, yes, if indeed this, this, this new machine that, was uh, debuted that allows the masks to be sterilized and you can use them more often. Great. That's excellent. That's, that's phenomenal. But once again, let's make sure that everybody has what they need from the beginning. And yeah, guess what? You're going to need more gloves. You're going to need more units because you got more people. You were behind. I mean, just a couple of days ago, we were, they were splitting units for two people. So clearly they need more units. 1-800-919-3776. 1-800-919-3776. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. 
Hey, what's going on, Uncle Larry? How you what's doing, up, man? I'm doing pretty hey, good. Just man. wishing everybody's all right, you know? All the callers, all your families. I hope all you guys is good. I'm going to try to hit it off with a little positivity tonight. I mean, Bruce is right. But, you know, as we always got negativity, we always got something to balance it out. Um, it was beautiful to see those um, healthcare workers from Atlanta jump on that plane and come up here to help out. Yes, That absolutely. was beautiful. In terms of athletes, um, we got, you know, MMA is like one of my favorite sports. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Conor McGregor could be a very polarizing figure, you know, one way or the other. But he donated one million euros, which is more than a million dollars. And um, I want to give him a shout out for that. Um, Sammy's. You're talking about City Island. Uh, me and wifey all the time, Saturday night, you know, that was our thing. You know, we go to City Island, have some drinks, have some seafood. Um, we went to Sammy's. They did the curbside thing. I mean, they took care of us. Absolutely lovely. Beautiful food. Um, delicious. You know, we needed that, you know, definitely with what was going on um, in these days and times. But um, there's one thing, I, I, one guy, I, I'm wondering, if, I'm hoping he's all right. He used to call all the time. My, my man Wayne from Flatbush. And the last time I heard him call, he called after me, and he was talking about how uh, <laughs> John Morant reminded him of another Lonzo Ball. I'm sure he wants to eat those words now. But um, I, I haven't heard from him in a while, and I'm hoping that him and his family is all right. So if he's out there on the airwaves listening, call in, brother. Let us know that you're all right, man. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Thanks for that, Buddha. You're right, because we're family, and we check That's in right. on each other. We check That's in right. on each other. Thanks for calling, my friend. 1-800-919-3776. Hey, Charlie and Woodside, you're next on 9870 ESPN. Hey, Larry, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Charlie. How are you and yours? Uh, okay, well, yeah, I'm okay. Just watching a bunch of movies. Since oh, actually, watching sports movies is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gridiron. Gridiron, Grid, uh, yeah. Gridiron, that was Gridiron Gang. That was, that was true story uh, football uh, movie. That was uh, that was that was true inspiring story. So that's pretty good because I played football in high school and I remember all those conditioning was not a fun thing. But you know what? Mm-hmm. Going through that, going through that uh, kind of you know times, it makes you like look back to like, wow, that was good times. Even that's that was toughest times, but because yeah. it made me tough, it made yeah. me tough and everything. So I love that. So. Uh, I know the Olympics did. Uh, I know the um, reschedule the date to start next year, yep. which is good. Yep, but Larry, yes, this put with all the stuff going on. This thing stuff smile. This put put my like you know optimist optimism to my attention. Jay Glazer report that get a fraud Gettleman is on the hot seat. First of all, he should be on the hot seat from the minute he drafted Barkley, but. This makes it makes me think if the Giants have a lousy season, he's out of here. And this time of the year, time of the time of the night, you know, world's going on. There's one dude doesn't deserve a job. You know who that is? Uh, I'm, you're probably going to tell me Dave Gettleman. Oh, my God. Please don't. Please don't say his full name. Fraud Gettleman, please. Fraud Gettleman. Dude has completely messed up this franchise. What this team has no, the Giants have no direction going to this. As long as he general managing or running the show, Giants are going nowhere. I'm sorry. How good Daniel Jones was become, is, become doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He throws a 4,000 yard, uh, 4,000 yards and what, 30 touchdowns. I think he's going to continue to, if he continues to turn the ball over 20 times every season, doesn't matter. Giants will be losers. Doesn't matter as long as this fraud owns and run the show. So, if the Giants want to turn their fortune, get them out of the building now. I hear what you're saying, Charlie. I do, and thanks for the phone call. I hear what you're saying, and I know you've not been one of uh, Mr. Gettleman's favorites. But here's here's the thing: normally, he just got a, a your your quote franchise quote quarterback last season, and he's going to be fired the next season. That's not normally how it goes. And a new head coach. You know, I, and listen, Jay Glazier is outstanding. I've known Jay for a number of years. And when, when he hears something like that, there's some truth to it. You know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah, there's fire. There's no question about it, but it's just unusual. You got a franchise quarterback going into his second year. You've got a new head coach, new head coach with no previous head coaching experience in this year. And you're going to let the GM go if it's a bad year. I don't know. I don't know. And 
what makes you think it won't be a bad year? And what is a bad year? Is it not making the playoffs? Is this a playoff caliber team? I mean, do you think it is right now? Is it seven and nine? Is it six and 10? I mean, obviously if it was two and 14, if it is, you know, I would understand that. And then what happens if you don't have a full season? We don't know when the the NFL season is going to start. There's no guarantee that it's going to be a full 16, I'm sorry, 17 game season. There's no, there's no guarantee it is. So suppose it's short. Suppose it's a 10 game season. Does he deserve to be fired in the short season? So there's a lot of asterisks. There's a lot of iffiness there, you know, but, but I will say this about, uh, I will say this, Charlie, you've been consistent in your lack of faith in the Giants GM. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Danny's in Long Island. Hey, Danny, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good, partner. What's going on? Not that much. I'm sitting there waiting to go on, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm scrolling through the Internet, and I got two stories just popped up. I'm just going to blur out the headlines here. ESPN could lose $700 million in canceled NBA season. And the other headline is half of world's population in lockdown, including over 250 million in the United States. This is just this is just uncharted waters that we're going through now. And I know I know we had World War II and 9/11 and Vietnam and stuff, but the fear of the unknown is probably the biggest fear people have. If you're having a war, you know it's one thing, but this is just really weird. And a couple of things I want to touch on. You know, I have a son who's a, a patrol. He works the late shift. He's probably either heading in right now or he's probably standing outside that hospital shift because I know they, they, they put up barricades up on the West Side Highway and the cops are keeping everybody away from the ship. And that's going to be the main hospital now where if you get hit by a car in the middle of Manhattan or they're not taking you to a regular hospital, they're going to take you to the military ship so they, and give you a corona test right away and try to keep that for just everyday hospital use so they don't bring people into the uh, into the city emergency rooms, which are you know, overburdened. And my other son is working in a hospital in Long Island. They both have infant children at home under two months of age, and the stress level on these families is just incredible. Uh, but they are working, and that's one less stress that, you, you know, they don't have to deal with. And the previous caller who said about the mortgage, you know, I don't want to correct the man. He's under a lot of stress, but they've already passed a law, and the banks have already agreed to 90 days, and then you don't have to pay the 90. What they're doing is they're taking you three months and they're putting it to the back end of your mortgage. So if you're sitting somewhere right now and everything is bleak and you have no money and you have kids to feed, don't pay a bill. Lilco is not going to turn off your electric. The water is not going to go off. The mortgage, the rent will, will have to wait. Just take the check you get from the government, buy food, and, 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 hope, and you're going to get unemployment and just, and just ride it out. But you're not going to pay your mortgage and they're not going to penalize you. They've already agreed to that. They already passed that. It was part of the uh, package. So don't pay your mortgage this month if you're suffering. You'll pay it 20 years from now you know, on the other end of the mortgage. As far as celebrities, you know, this country has a, a wonderful history of celebrities and athletes going all over the world to support our troops and doing what they can. And if you ever talk to a soldier who's, who was on the front line of Vietnam or World War II or anywhere, to have a, a celebrity of any level come up and take a picture and sing a song of Bob Hope. We all seen Bob. We're all out to remember Bob Hope in Vietnam. These specials run every year. If you're a celebrity and you show up at a hospital, that's that's what you can do. You take a picture with a nurse who's been working a 12-hour shift. You just energize that person. You gave them reason to go on. Like, I remember during 9-11, just the Mets would show up and they'd be t- tossing boxes of food or whatever. You know, it, it's not it's more it's more morale, but that counts. That that That's important in times. These nurses and doctors... They're working under, you know, if they could just go out into a park and have a sandwich or, you know, anyone out listening to this voice, make a box of cookies and deliver it to a police station or a, a nurse's station somewhere. That's your role. And if you have children, your role is to act as a rock. My son just had his high school baseball season canceled. The disappointment in his eye, I just about, because the, the state had ruled that they would make a decision by April 28th whether they were going to do everything they could to have spring sports. But that's a... He looked at me, I could see this one. I wasn't going to start bitching about the state of the world. He's looking to me for leadership, and he got us. All right, Nick, don't worry. There'll be summer baseball. You know, we'll play outside. We'll get pickup games. We'll do, you know, at the end of the world, there were people who were in the hospital. We have to understand. So everyone has a role to play. If you're a father, act like it. If you're a, you know, if you're a celebrity, go down, give, you know, shake somebody's hand. 
take a picture. If you want to donate your money, fine. Time, believe it or not, to me, making an appearance is more than money. That's a personal touch. Anyone could write a check. Because when you have $100 million, writing a check for 1000 or 2000 or 5000 that, that, that doesn't mean anything. But showing up at a scene and just letting just, – just, that's that to me is, is more important. But we all have a role to play. Do what they tell us to. I think this is – I have my own opinion because I, I've been following it since day one. I see the numbers going up. But – 97% of the people that get this are surviving. And that doesn't even account that 80% of us will never get tested. So think about that, Larry. If 97% of the people that get tested and are positive survive, and then you add in the millions who had it, didn't know they had it, never got tested, then this survival rate might be in the 99% which makes it just like any other flu that we've ever had. And I, and I, and I, and I, they're gonna, when it's all over and long after we're gone, the historians and the health experts will say, what happened? Was it appropriate? Did we overreact? Do you know that the, everyone who dies now in a hospital, they take a corona test. You could come in with a massive heart attack. If they do a test and you had corona in your system, Guess what? You're a corona death. There was a headline the other day, 17-year-old high school student football player in Louisiana dies of corona. When you got to the fifth paragraph in the article, the father said, my son didn't have corona. He wasn't sick a day in his life. He was upstairs working out in his room, and he had some type of a seizure. When he got to the hospital post-mortem, they did the invest. They, he had it, but he was completely asymptomatic. So I don't know what to believe as far as these numbers. Just well, I'll say this, Danny, and, and thanks for the phone call and checking in with some great words. I'll say this. I hope you're right. I would love to sit back and say, you know what? The, the numbers were, we, we didn't get come close to the numbers that we've seen in some of the models. I, I would love to say that. I would love it. And that means we would be able to get on with our life that much sooner. But, you know, from what we're seeing right now, if things continue, and remember, Judging from us here, the models say we are moving up towards the apex. So we haven't even hit the apex yet. We're still trending upward. So if it's less, that would be great. Fabulous news. Fabulous news. I'm just not sure we're out of the woods yet to make that statement. Tony's in Yonkers. Hey, Tony, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry. Uh, I'm on my way to work. I listen to your show every night. I love your show, man. Thank you, Tony. Appreciate you. I just wanted to touch up on the the GM question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking, like, I, I'm honestly pro Dave O'Gettiman. So far, most of what he's done I've liked. But uh, this year, it's all going to come down to Daniel Jones, in my opinion. I, honestly, I don't think the record's going to care as long as he improves, improves the fumbling issues, improves as a, improves as a quarterback. I think that's, that's the only thing that's going to put him out of a job or not. Well, you, you might be right, Tony. Thanks for the phone call. It, 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 it could be. I mean, that's going to be a major part of it. There's no question about it. And the amount of injuries that we face. Once again, we don't know what this season is going to be like. And all that has to be held a, a part of it. And listen, if he's better, the record should be better. All right, if he's not turning the football over, if he's not allowing teams to get back into the game with a turnover and putting his defense in a bad position – and he's able to score, and we've we've seen the accuracy that he has. And you've got, you know, an all-world running back in Saquon Barkley, an offensive line that's decent, the numbers should be better. And if the numbers are better, he should keep his job. So you're right. You know, Daniel Jones is a key part of this. He is a key part of what's happening. Mike is in Queens. Hey, Mike, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. Good evening, I'm okay, Mike. How's things going? Larry, I feel like I'm in the movie Groundhog Day. I think this is exactly like Groundhog Day. I feel like Bill Murray. And I, I don't have the groundhog to keep me company. You know, put on the funny little hat, go for the snowboarding. Uh, what, what else do they do? Uh, oh, yeah, they were looking at the, the fireworks. But, uh, you know, every day it's COVID-19. For me, it's that. And is today the day I finally... Unlikely, don't bet on it. Walk away from this person real quick. But, Larry, when it comes to uh, stars giving away their money, let's be honest, Larry, if you're the backup shortstop making the minimum wage $500,000 a year, if you don't want to donate, give gloves, give a mask, go give a box of cookies, I'm, I'm okay with that. 
But when you're the, the athlete, and it's not even about the paycheck, it's about what, the shoes, right, NBA, the shoe deal, right, the TV deal. So between your millions of dollars, when you check, you have the shoes, the TV, you probably have a business on the side. Now, if you want to, you know, you have the means to donate. And based on your financial wealth, you can pay it off, you know, give somebody money, write a check, get, pay somebody's salary, and you'll be fine and still be stable. But like, in my opinion, you know, should they do it? I mean, in, in theory, Larry, the government and the planet would come together, but, and they would try and take care of it. But when you, you know, you watch the news, you know, the governors say we're screwed and Trump says, oh, we're fine. It, 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 it makes you want to scream because of how just, how just stupid that is. But Larry, to me, I, either way, but it, it would be, it, but being they have the money, if they, if they want to donate, go do a show, then they should. Because they can't, because they can, well, most people can't. You're right, Mike. And Larry, one, one more thing today is, special yes. day, Larry, today is my birthday. Happy birthday to me, Mike from Queens. Happy birthday, Mike from Queens. Happy birthday. Thanks for sharing your birthday with us here on 987 ESPN. Thanks for the phone call. 1-800-919-3776. Sam is in Flatbush. Hey, Sam, you're next on 987. What's going on, Uncle Al? Hey, Sam, what's up? I want to say one quick thing about the Jets, then I want to talk about COVID-19. I love what the Jets are doing. I like going slow. We're not going to jump after people, whatever. This is what I think the Jets should do. I think they should draft the receiver in the um, uh, offensive lineman in the first round, and then draft receivers in the second and third. Because Crowder and Perriman, what up, um, with the new guy they just got, are both free agents, if I'm correct, at the end of this year. So you want to get two good young receivers in the second and third round, which is like first rounders this year? I think that would be just amazing. That makes sense, and and you know at some point in time you're gonna to have to address the defense as well, Sam. But yeah, I like where you're going. And about the coronavirus, listen, if you if you give one guy the coronavirus, right, he waits mm-hmm. a full day and gives it to two people, and those two people every day they give it to two people, but only two people a day. By day 29, 600 million people, if you do the math, will have it, and by day two, one point by day 30. 1.2 billion people have it. The thing about coronavirus is you're not just giving it to two people a day if you don't do social distancing. You're giving it to five or six or even 50, 100. You don't know. And listen, and whoever says, oh, well, we don't get affected by it. Listen, my uncle tested positive. My grandfather tested positive. Thank God they were fine. My whole family, whatever. We all know that we went through the family, but we didn't get tested because we don't want to waste tests. Listen, it, you, a lot of my siblings, a lot of people, they you lay in bed weak. No, thank God nothing seriously. But you could be feeling perfect, and you get weak and perfect. I know a 50-year-old that's in the hospital now. It's not a joke. Don't think because you're a 19-year-old that wants to go to spring break. Then you have to lie in bed for two weeks sitting by yourself. It's going to be fun. It's not a joke. Okay? Self-quarantine. Play video games. Don't give it to other people. How selfish could you be that you're willing to kill somebody else's grandfather that you have to go on spring break? Sam, I couldn't have said that any better myself. Thanks for the phone call. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.